0: Welcome to the podcast for people turning the Great American RV Adventure into Stressless Camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Hey, that I think that's us.
1: Hey, Peggy and Tony.
0: That, yeah, it Wait is. Wait a
1: minute, you're Tony.
0: And you're Peggy.
1: Huh, good thing we were here.
0: I know, right? That's pretty impressive. Well, welcome to the campfire, everybody. Um, Boy, what a a week.
1: What a week. Boy, we had the time change this week. Welcome to, as Carrie calls it, 8,000 o'clock, because (laughs) I literally didn't want to start a load of laundry because I thought it was bedtime. It was 6.54
0: Yeah. Well, does that mean you're all washed up?
1: I don't know what it means. means I'm all tired. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's dark before dinner time, and I kind of hate it.
0: Oh, man. Well, but we have an exciting. Oh, wait a minute. I have an exciting camping getaway this week.
1: You do have an exciting camping getaway. A whole bunch of really cool people. I so. get to play with my theater friends. Yep.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> there you go. Peggy loves, we both love the theater. And we love the
1: theater. We love camping. It just so happens that a camping trip was planned while I was busy doing theater stuff. So Indeed. I'm not going.
0: Yeah. So that's okay. It's a great. <laughs> I'm fine. Don't worry about me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great show. So in meanwhile, I'll be camping with a bunch of cool people. That's right. Hey, so speaking of camping and all of that. One of the things I've been inputting a lot of RV shows into our calendar. And if you don't know, we have an RV calendar of events on our website.
1: Yep. He's been busy at work adding shows to that calendar. Yeah, It's amazing
0: how many shows there are this year. I, I don't know why it's it's. Crazy. So, and so all at the and we're same talking time. About,
1: we're talking about big new RV shows. We're talking about vintage rallies, yeah. all kinds of different things.
0: Yeah. of so, different. of course, if you of one, it's always free to list them. So, yes. there's a Audi form. Philly a little
1: o- form, of a little
0: form on our website <laughs> for that. If you have one that's not there,
1: if you want bit of a little
0: And speaking of our website, of a website, of a couple of a couple articles about RV tire safety.
1: Talk about an important subject. Yeah,
0: right? yeah RV tire safety and we're going to have a whole podcast episode about that coming up but if you want a sneak preview you can go read the articles there on uh, stresslesscamping.com right and lastly uh, we have a couple of people that we know who are who are fellow podcasters they they started it first they do Jason and Abby everson they do RV miles they do See America they do America's national parks podcast three. Really.
1: Three terrific podcasts. Yes.
0: And they are a full-time family. They've got three young lads that they, uh, they have. And uh, Jason got this weird virus. They're young people, Jason and Abby. Well, by our standards. They're young people. And Jason got this weird virus that just sent the family for a loop. And
1: Right. It was uh, a virus that got into his brain and he had to have brain surgery. Yeah. Imagine emergency
0: brain surgery. Yeah. While you're full-time RVing. And so a lot of lessons there. Um, but the good news is, well, first of all, they're terrific people. They they continued to put out great podcasts. Yes. All while this was going on. And uh, it looks like they're on the road to recovery. Jason's got a clean bill of health for that uh, I don't remember the name of the virus. You no know,
1: cardia, I think it was. Yeah, yeah.
0: We don't want no no cardia, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so give their podcast a listen. We'll put a we'll put a link in the show notes because they're really they do a super job and they're really neat people and I'm very, very pleased that they're that Jason's doing better. So not something you want to have happen to your family. And speaking of super cool people, this week on the podcast we have a very cool person, but before we do that. We uh, as I think you've we've mentioned, we are members of Boondocker's Welcome, which is kind of a matchmaking service. Kind of, yeah. Matches campers or RVers up with places to stay and they don't charge you to stay there. It's a very small fee to be part of Boondocker's Welcome if you don't host. We're going to have our first we are
1: so excited. We're gonna have our we're gonna we are going to welcome our first Boondockers. Yep. And they are coming this weekend, and we're very excited to have them and welcome them. And and if they can stay a couple of days, I think that we'll try to talk them into that. If they can't, yeah. they can't. But uh, if they can, I want to. While you're camping <laughs> I can show them around town a little bit. Yeah,
0: that's true. So anyway, a real nice couple from Canada will be our first guests and uh, we're looking forward to to having them here. Absolutely. So and if you uh if you are looking for great places to stay all over the US, uh, and even north, um, there in fact there are even some international locations. Uh Boondocker's welcome. You sign up. We have a discount code on our partners page, and uh, you get a deal on the already inexpensive membership.
1: Yeah, it's a great membership. And then you stay
0: in all these places, sort of like on our RV pad or all over the U.S.
1: Right. For free. Free. So, Best price.
0: My favorite price for anything. <laughs> well, as mentioned, we've got a really terrific guest. We recorded uh, with Nick Russell, who is our favorite author. For the record, there, Nick. <laughs> You'll see Nick why we Russell say that. Nick Russell is
1: a terrific guy. We actually were introduced to Nick Russell while we were listening to
0: John and Kathy Huggins. John and
1: Kathy Huggins from Living the, the RV Living Dream. The Dream. Dream. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, found out that he had some books, both fiction and nonfiction. And I am an avid reader, so I grabbed them right away, and then I convince Tony to try them and now we're both we're both fighting over who gets to read the next book first yeah. <laughs> when it uh, comes out
0: so and Nick uh, the relevance to Stressless Camping is for 18 years Nick was a full-time RVer right and he uh, wrote some great travel books there are The mystery books so he's got 38 books in total well anyway here's uh here's our interview with nick russell we'll stop talking so we can start talking (laughs) here we are welcome to the campfire today we have a guest who we've been just itching to talk to probably our favorite author as Nick Russell, Nick, welcome to the campfire.
2: Well, thank you for having me. But what's this probably stuff?
0: No, d- definitely, <laughs> definitely our favorite writer, right? Um, okay, that's better. That's
3: better. Tony didn't even read until we discovered your books, and then he found out he actually likes to read.
0: Well, I, I don't. I read. I just, <laughs> I, I didn't read many books, and now I'm hooked, and and it's a good thing because Nick Russell has written 38 books to date including Highway History and Backroad Mysteries, Work Your Way Across the USA, You Can Travel and Earn a Living Too, The Frugal RVer, Meandering Down the Highway a Year on the Road with Full-Time RVers, and Nick and his wife, Terry, were full-time RVers for 18 years. Terry has written a book, too, a recipe book.
2: Yes, Miss Kitchen.
0: Yeah, Nick has written both fiction and non-fiction books, so... Right. I think we will start with, well, let's start with the current books, which are, you just finished another John Lee Quarles book.
2: Yes, this was the seventh, seventh book in that series. I, I do two, two series. I do Big Lake, which is set in a small town in Arizona, where I used to live, and also the John Lee Quarles series. And the two are similar, but different. The John Lee Quarles series is a little bit grittier than the Big Lake series. Uh, yeah, I have seventeen books out in the Big Lake series, and like say seven at this point in John Lee.
0: Well, I have to say the the previous John Lee Quarles book, I it was just I I remember I was I had something I was supposed to do, and I just told him forget it. I, I couldn't put the book down. Yeah, so, sweet tea so and Jesus, that, yeah. that one kept me
3: on the edge of my seat.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I wore out the edge of my seat. Holy cow!
2: It, it was it was pretty intense. I, I didn't was see that coming one. myself. Many times when I start a book, I have no idea how it's going to end up, and sometimes I'm very surprised by what happens.
0: Wow, <laughs> wow, that's interesting. And are the characters that so for the audience? First of all, go and buy Nick's books. They're fantastic. They are unlike some mystery books that I have read in the past. I I find it's very easy to follow your your books and your characters. It's just it's not confusing for me, and I, I have serious shiny ball syndrome or CRS <laughs> or squirrel syndrome or whatever you call it. I, I tend to get <laughs> distracted, and I I have zero problem following your books. I really love them. Um, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you for so many books that I, I really enjoy. And uh, so Nick's books are basically murder mystery books or mystery books. They're detective series. And uh, the main character is in at least John Lee Quarles, who is uh, a a peace officer. And the Big Lake has a peace officer as the lead character. The sheriff as the lead character. Uh, Where do you find these these characters in the books from? Because they're they're just some of them are hilarious, like Chet Wingate and (laughs) and, and those people.
2: Some of them are based on people I know and. Sometimes I just listen to the voices in my head and report the scene. <laughs> all of my books, the characters evolve over time. Um, in the in the Big Lake series, at, early on, uh, the sheriff has a family tragedy, and he becomes an al- not an alcoholic, but he has a drinking problem, and it gets out of hand, and he has to deal with that and put that behind him to move on to the next series. So all of the characters evolve and grow over time.
0: Yeah, and the and the family tragedy is you find out at the end what part of that, and it's just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> and that's a lot of a lot of these books. At the end, it's just like I'd pull out my hair if I had any. <laughs>
2: that's why I don't have any?
0: Ah, okay. we'll see, that makes us good. And I, following your Facebook page and blog, you write. It looks like four to. Seven thousand words a day on many days
2: I try to average five thousand words a day, and sometimes I get lucky and do seven thousand eight thousand even ten thousand and there are days when I only do two or three thousand
0: to put that in perspective for most people, a typical blog post like the ones you see on stresslesscamping dot com they're five to eight hundred words, so that's you're writing multiple blog posts per day, basically. And you do have a blog as well, GypsyJournal.com.
2: Yes, I do a daily blog uh, at gypsyjournalrv, uh, com, And that's usually five 5,000 to 7,000, sometimes as much as 12,000 words. <laughs> so that, that's on a daily basis, and I've been doing that for, gosh, I think 15 years now, something like that. Wow. wow. I think we've missed five days in all that time.
0: Wow, that's Jeez. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't know what to say because I studied journalism and I used to write a syndicated column. I have come nowhere near that number in a day. Yeah.
2: One, thing that's really helped, one thing that's really helped boost my output, I have arthritis in my hands. And it used to be if I could type two or 3,000 words a day, and I'm a two finger typist at best, uh, if I could do two or 3,000 words a day, I consider that a good day. But usually by the next day, I was hurting so much I had to take a day off. Then I switched to using a uh, Dragon Dictate uh, text-to-speech or speech-to-text uh, program, and that has really boosted my outcome. Uh, oh, it's not wow. as easy as the TV commercials would want you to believe. You still have a lot of corrections and such, but it's, you can still – it's not that hard to sit down, for me at least, and crank out 5,000 words in a day.
0: Interesting. So that's a good tip. If you find yourself uh, full of great thoughts but maybe don't want to sit and type them, use – The speech to text, which, huh, interesting. I had no idea.
2: I also have a small digital recorder that I carry with me. And sometimes sitting here in my recliner like I am now, a thought or two will come to me and I'll just record it into there and later on put it in the computer and have it ready to go. Huh? That's That's
0: another great great tip.
3: So you can write no matter where you are.
2: Many times, you know, if we're, I don't like to shop. So if my wife needs to run to the grocery store (laughs) or something and I'm (laughs) with her, I'll sit out in the car and I'll crank out a chapter while she's inside. (laughs) <laughs>
0: While she's picking up mix, uh, eggs and milk, you're putting John Lee Quarles or any of your other characters through heck.
2: <laughs> you, do, you do get strange, strange looks from people putting groceries in their car when you're sitting there saying to yourself, uh, you know, uh, Sheriff Weber pulled out his gun and said, if you move, I'm going to shoot you. And yeah. people look at you. <laughs> I'm always expecting the cops to show up.
1: <laughs> I
3: guess, so I guess you can't write anywhere. (laughs) you got to be a little bit
2: (laughs) careful. You can, but there are consequences, yes.
0: (laughs) Well, let's go to some of the books that have been around a little bit longer. Well, Let's start with Work Your Way Across the USA. You have some neat tips for people who, I know we get a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are what we call dreamers, people who are thinking Mm -hmm. of doing it, but then have to break away from some whatever keeps them back. And a lot of times I believe that's financial work your way across the USA is a book that may help you alleviate that.
2: That was one of my first books. Um, It's not a guide to getting rich on the road because you're not going to get rich on the road, but it just covers a lot of ideas for people to make some money while they travel, whether it be a full-time income or a part-time income to supplement social security or retirement or whatever. I used to do a lot of seminars at RV rallies and and at uh, Life on Wheels when it was going on. And I actually developed a a seminar from that book. But it it discusses everything from working, selling Christmas trees and pumpkins at certain times of the year, to work camping in a campground, to selling ads on campground publications, to a lot of other things that that a person can do from an RV.
0: And then, of course, now there's so many younger people who are Moving into this field, and thanks to the, right. the digital age,
2: technology has changed so much for everybody. Yeah, you know, when we started out, uh, we published in the Gypsy Journal, every newspaper, which we also did for eighteen years. And we had fifteen thousand readers to that. In those days, we would be someplace, and we would take pictures. That was in, we were still doing film in those days, so we would take pictures of an attraction, and we may be three hundred miles away before we got the pictures developed. And we never knew if they were going to be any good or not. You know, it wasn't like <laughs> yeah. you can take a picture and it's right there. And then we would paste the newspaper up in the news- in the uh, motorhome. We had a a portable drafting table, and we did everything by cut and paste and hot wax, like in the old days wow. in my newspaper career before we became full timers. Then it evolved into where we were just doing it all on a computer screen and sending it to a printer, and they sent it back to us. You know, or we went and picked it up when it was done. So everything has changed. The technology has made it so much easier for people to work on the road. Uh, you know, we have people that are that are working for a company remote. We have people who do medical transcriptions. There's so many things they can do now that you couldn't do even 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. So if you if you find money is holding you back from getting into this lifestyle, that's a good place to start. And there's a, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Another another way to uh, extend your your trip is by being cheap. Which is <laughs> something <laughs> I've been accused of. Doggone on it, yes. And so, hence your other, another book, the Frugal RVer.
2: Well, again, this was one of my earliest books, and uh, again, it's a seminar I do at RV rallies and RV shows and life on wheels and that sort of thing. And there are so many ways. I I always say that if if two couples in identical motorhomes left Nashville, Tennessee, on their way to Tucson, Arizona. Uh, it's quite possible that one could spend twice as much money as the other couple making the same trip on the same route in the same kind of RV. It's, there's so many ways that you can save money. The biggest thing you can do is just slow down. Uh, If you're running at 55 miles an hour, as opposed to 65 or 70, your fuel fuel mileage is going to be dramatically different. And lots of things like that. The other thing we talk a lot about and, and we actually published a booklet uh, is free camping. There are so many places in this country where you can, park overnight for free they're not campgrounds but there are city parks there are county parks there are RV friendly businesses things like that Uh, we once did a trip from tucson arizona to traverse city michigan and i kept track of everything and we were also members of the elks and the american uh, i'm sorry the VFW, and the moose lodges and using those and using free campgrounds and very expensive campgrounds our total cost in a 12-day trip from tucson arizona to Traverse City, Michigan, our total camping cost was $32.
0: Holy cow. Jeez. Wow.
2: And you can, you can still do that today. There's no reason that you have to pull into a campground and give them 25 or $30 a night if all you're going to do is sleep and go on the road the next morning.
0: Yeah, and, and so we
2: talked a lot about that.
0: And that's something um, we t- we've talked about on this podcast. In fact, our most recent episode is about well, as we record this, is about boondocking, and and a lot of people seem to be either perplexed or challenged by the idea of boondocking. So we just did a whole episode about "Don't Be Spooked by Boondocking." I see Peggy. I didn't say it the way I said it. On, <laughs> I had some fun because we're also near Halloween, so I had some fun mm-hmm. with that title. But yeah, there's there's well, so many so...
2: people. So many people think boondocking is out in the middle of the desert, someplace fifty miles from nowhere. Boondocking right. can be in a Walmart parking lot. It can be, they call it blacktop boondocking. Some people, uh, or dry camping. It, there's a lot of places that can be
0: mooch docking. <laughs> when you uh, <laughs> when you have a friend and you yeah. boondock in their in their driveway or on the street exactly. in front of their house. <laughs> yeah, the frugal RV is another great trip. And then a place that you might want to see is as you were. Uh, meandering your way down the highway is Arizona and you've written some great books about high, you know things in Arizona including overlooked Arizona.
1: And we're going to hear about those when we get back. But first, all this talk about boondocking and off-grid camping makes me think about Boondockers Welcome.
0: We uh, as I think you've we've mentioned, we are members of Boondockers Welcome, which okay. is Kind of a matchmaking service Kind of, yeah. that matches campers or RVers up with places to stay, and they don't charge you to stay there. It's a very small fee to be part of Boondockers. Welcome if you don't host, but um,
1: we're going to have we our first. We are guests. so excited! Yeah. We're going to have our we're gonna we are going to welcome our first Boondockers to our yard. Yep, and they are coming this weekend, and we're very excited to have them and welcome them and. And if they can stay a couple of days, I think that we'll try to talk them into that. If they can't, they can't, but uh, if they can, I want to... While you're camping, (laughs) I can show them around town a little bit. Yeah,
0: that's true. So, anyway, a real nice couple from Canada will be our first guests, and uh, we're looking forward to to having them here. So, and if you uh, if you are looking for great places to stay all over the U.S., in fact, there are even some international locations. Boondockers, welcome! You sign up, we have a discount code on our partners page, and uh, you get a deal on the already inexpensive membership
1: yeah it's a great membership
0: and then you stay in all these places sort of like on our rv pad or sh- all over the u.s
1: right for free for free best price
0: my favorite price for anything <laughs>
1: now let's get back to nick and hear about his books about overlooked arizona what are we missing nick
2: well there are two books in the overlook series i keep thinking i'm going to do some more but i never send a have enough time, yeah. but I do one book called Overlooks Florida and one called Overlooked Arizona. And it talks about the out-of-the-way places that most people don't know about in Arizona. Or they just, you know, they drive right past places and never know the history that's right there at their, outside their car window. So there's, there's so much to see. And Arizona's a fantastic state. I, I grew up on the border, went away for a while, uh, lived in northern Arizona, lived in Tucson, was in the newspaper business. There. You can have everything from high mountains and, and ski lodges to the hottest desert you can ever imagine within just three or four hours of each other. Yeah, it's yeah. A,
0: it's amazing. One of our favorite places in the whole world is Sedona. We just, oh, we love Sedona.
2: Yeah, Yes.
0: And it's just Sedona so,
2: Camp, mm. Verde, the whole Verde Valley is just amazing. And and again, you have so much history there. You have you know, Montezuma's Castle. You have Tuesday Ruins. You have, you know, Jerome, the old ghost town that, that's come back to life as a tourist attraction now. But mm-hmm. there's so many places in Arizona to see and so much to do that you could spend easily... Five years, there and not touch at all.
0: Yeah, that road to Jerome in a in an RV can be interesting.
2: That's intimidating. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> many times, many times we will park our RV someplace in a campground and make day trips within fifty or seventy-five miles around in our in our vehicle to see all mm-hmm. the places that you don't want. To, you don't want to take a big RV someplace. It's just no. not right. Easy.
3: Yeah.
0: So any any must see spots in Arizona that you might want to share? And of course, I'd, I'd advise people by the book. But uh, in the, in the oh, meantime,
2: my, my gosh, there's, a, there's so much. There's there's Sedona and the Red Rock Country, which we just talked about. Uh, the Mogollon Rim, our old hometown, the White Mountains and Sholo and Top Lakeside. And, and that area is just beautiful. That's where my uh, Big Lake series is set. There's so much to see in through there. The, you know, there's Zane Gray country around Prescott. The, the author Zane Gray spent a lot of time in that area and wrote a lot of his, his Western books about that. Further south in Tucson, there are so many interesting museums and, and places to go to. Uh, you go further south in Sonora and Patagonia is beautiful. Uh, Cochise County with all the history of Tombstone and, and uh, Fort Huachuca and all those places, all the ghost towns. You get up north into the Grand Canyon and you know, Williams, Prescott, which is built as everybody's hometown. The beautiful old Victorian style houses. There's just so much. You could never cover it all.
0: And Arizona is, is one of the few places that if for anybody who wants to experience kind of the genuine Wild West town, there still are places to go and, and do so.
2: Yes, there are. Yes, there are. It's, it's still, I mean, Arizona is one of those places where it's, it's not uncommon to see a guy with a six-shooter on his hip and um, a horse tied up in front of some places. <laughs> right. you know, not Tucson or Phoenix necessarily, but there's a lot of off the beaten path, the West is still alive.
0: Oh yeah, and it what is there's the town that has the donkeys wandering around. Oh. Oatman,
2: Oatman is a beautiful uh, example of the things in Arizona that most people never get to. You don't take an RV to Oatman. It's uh it's outside of Kingman, oh, up on yeah. a very narrow. Part of Old Route sixty six, very steep, very twisty. And in the old days, they actually the old Model Ts didn't have fuel pumps; they were all gravity fed. So to go up to Oatman in the old days, they actually turned the cars around and backed them up the hill so that the fuel would go forward into the into the engine. <laughs> wow! But Oatman was an old mining town that turned into a ghost town and then kind of came back to life as a tourist attraction. And they they have their resident burrows in town, the old miners' burrows that were just let loose and had, and reproduced all through there and. Yeah, people are encouraged to buy food and, and feed them carrots and apples and all kind of stuff that's available locally. And you don't want to mess with a borough because the local people will take big exception to that. I've seen uh-huh. two or three times where some fool decided to crawl on one's back and four or five town people came out right then and told them, you hey, this stops right now.
0: <laughs> so they're very possessive
2: of their boroughs. <laughs> yeah. And and Oatman's other claim to fame is that's where Clark Gable and Carol Lombard got married and spent their wedding night.
0: Huh, interesting. Wow. See, that's unknown. That's something that most people wouldn't realize about Arizona,
2: right? And there are there are still active gold mines up around open area and, and other places in Arizona too. There, you know, I know two or three people that actually supplement their income by either using a metal detector or, or a dry sluice and pan for gold. Huh. Oh, wow. So, you know, that,
1: interesting.
2: It's not over with. It's still out there Yeah. You know. Wow. I always told people the Wild West in Arizona is just go up two blocks and turn right, and you'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. One of the books that we didn't mention, which was actually my first book, was "Is Meandering Down the Highway." Oh, right. And that was based on our first year as full time years. And I talk about actually our transition from being workaholics. Terry and I both. Uh, I owned a newspaper, and she ran a commercial glass shop, and we got married, and it was it was not the first marriage for either one of us. We were in our mid forties, and We had all the toys in the world. I had a garage full of classic cars, and we had a hot tub built into our red wood deck, and Terry had a big collection of antiques. But we never had time to enjoy the things that we had because we were working hard to buy new toys and support the ones we had. And I was injured in an accident. Uh, A newsprint comes in big rolls that weigh about 3,000 pounds. And I I had a guy who went to the paper mill and picked up the paper, and he didn't do it. He was sick that day, so I had to go. I was using a step van, like a UPS truck with no partition between the driver's compartment oh and the cargo. And it wasn't, the load didn't, wasn't chalked down properly, which I didn't know because I didn't normally to do that. And coming through town, a guy ran a stop sign and I slammed on the brakes and the load came loose and crushed oh. me between the steering wheel and the, the paper.
0: Oh my gosh. And
2: actually oh the, the, the doctor told me at the ER that if I'd been a thinner man, I would probably have been killed. But my ample belly served like an airbag to protect me oh, at any rate. They, they got me out of the truck and they had me on the street and they were holding a blanket over me while they were cutting my clothes off to see how badly I was injured. And it was a small town. Everybody knows everybody. And someone called Terry and said, Nick's been killed they're covering up with a blanket right now.
3: Oh, boy. Oh. So
2: she went rushing to the hospital. She called the hospital and they said, all we, all we can do is get here. And she went rushing to the hospital thinking I, she was going to identify my body at any rate i have a friend that lived up there who's a, a self-made millionaire several times over and he said you know nick you got your butt shot off in the um, when you were 36 you had a heart attack how many times you're going to roll the dice before you crap out wow yeah. you guys keep saying you want to go do this do it do it now and within three weeks we had bought an rv and we were making plans to go
0: oh that's wow. awesome
2: so, but the book highway history and And, uh, Back Road Mystery talks about that, talks about all the preparations, getting rid of our stuff, all the things we all have to do before we become full timers. And then about going on the road and learning and, you know, our disappointments, our joys, the the things we saw. And, you know, then 18 months into our, actually it was less than 18 months, but, uh, during that time period, my wife was diagnosed with stage four cervical cancer. And the first doctors told her she had six weeks to live. Oh boy. So it talks. We cover getting sick on the road. What happens when catastrophic illness happens? So we cover all those things. And uh, if I were to tell someone who I want to learn to, I want to be a full-time RVer. I'm thinking about RVing. Where do I start? I would hand them that book. Mm. You know, there's there's things that that we talk about there, but we talk about the realities, the good and the bad. You know, too many of the RV magazines and we were in the RV you know, the periodical business. They only want to focus on the good things. They only, you know, there, there's pictures of people sitting around campfire singing Kumbaya.
3: Right. We we want everything to be good, but
2: sometimes you're parked next to a barking dog. Sometimes you're parked next to a train track. Sometimes you get sick. Sometimes you get you can't stand each other and you need five minutes alone for just a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> These are all things that, that are real parts of the R V lifestyle. Right. Get overlooked too often. And that's we try to tell people those things. It's 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 a wonderful lifestyle. We we don't regret one minute of the eighteen years we spent on the road. We would never want to trade it for anything. But at the same time, when it was time for us to stop, it was time to stop, and we both realized that at the same time too.
0: Hmm. Wow! So it sounds like one heck of a great adventure, and boy, that's it's
2: been a great adventure. And it, one of the things too is, is I tell people, and if I can just throw this in for your readers, of course, or your listeners, rather, is I always tell people you can love each other to death, but you have to like each other too. Right. You know, my wife and I are truly best friends, and you know we meet so many people that it's like. You know, I don't know how we're going to do this without without killing each other. And you know, uh, as one couple just said said to me recently. Like I get a lot of emails from my blog readers that you know we like each other so much and we love each other so much, but we can't stand being cooped up together all the time. Mm. You know, so we address that too in some of our books and in some of the seminars and things like that. It, you know, it's it's not it's not sitting around you know toasting marshmallows and, and around a campfire and smiling all the time. The reality is there's good and bad in every part of life including rving right
3: there's good and bad in 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 sticks and bricks life and you just as many things can go wrong whether you're living in an rv or living in a house or whatever so do what you want to good do life. and and let the dice roll and and deal with it as it comes
2: Something else that I think is very important, and I tell people all the, all the time, and I'm, we're probably getting off track of what you wanted to talk about. Oh, that that's great. You have to draw on each other's strengths and weaknesses. My wife is the biggest asset I've ever had, and in, in, ever. Uh, she's a handyman. I mean, she can fix anything. We, After her cancer and once she was cured of cancer, we actually, the motorhome we had was a, a real lemon. And we actually bought an old Greyhound type bus and converted it ourselves. And Terry built the cabinets. She did. I did the electric and plumbing and she did everything else. I mean, I helped her, but she laid the floor. She built the cabinets. She insulated. She did everything. Wow. because That's where her strengths lie.
3: Wow. And, yeah. You know,
2: at the same time, my strengths are putting words on paper uh, <laughs> for some reason. And I don't know why, but I was even though I flew in helicopters in Vietnam and even though I was a paratrooper, at some point, I became—I developed an irrational fear of high bridges,
1: and uh, we got to the point
2: where when we came to a high bridge, Terry would have to drive, and that's fine. That's where her strengths are. She can tackle anything and, and do it just fine. On the other hand, she's very shy, and if it was up to her, we would never... Have had the paper or appeared in public or done seminars because that's not her thing. So we lean on each right. other and couples have to do that in every aspect when you're living in an RV. You don't have your friend next door to go to and, and complain about, you know, my, my husband being <laughs> a jerk today or the guy right. across the street who can fix anything so you take something over to him. You have to depend on each other.
0: Well, that's that's fantastic advice, and you're right. It's when you're out on the road, it's it's you and whoever you're traveling with.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. Sometimes I've met people, and actually, we had a couple when we were teaching at Life on Wheels after one of our seminars on full time RVing. Came back after lunch hour and thanked us for talking them out of becoming full timers. Huh. Oh, oh! he said, "We he said we've been married for 25 years, and we absolutely love each other, and we love to travel." But we fight in motel rooms over who's going to use the bathroom first. She's taking too long to make up. He said, we, "Every hotel room we go to, we fight." And he said, "Then we got to think: of, Can we do this in an RV? No, I don't think so. <laughs> right? Wow. Not for everybody.
0: No,
3: right? It's that's really and not. That's good, that's good to recognize and good to, to mm. kind of come to that realization before you jump in and <laughs> you're stuck with with that life. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. All, of a, all of a sudden, you've got a huge expense of a, of an RV and you're not, and it's just sitting out in the driveway or wherever the heck it is. And
3: if and, you still have a driveway,
0: yeah, exactly.
2: you didn't
3: sell your house and get on the road. And then a month later realized,
2: and this is something else when we're talking about working on the road is that people have to be realistic about that too. Uh, when we were teaching a life on wheels, a fellow showed up one time with a beautiful new diesel pusher, towing a big SUV of some kind. And he wanted to meet me because he'd read my book, work your way across the USA and he wanted to you know, pick my brain about everything he could do. I said, okay, well, hey. what are your skills? Well, nothing really.
3: <laughs> oh, well, yeah.
2: And I said, oh, okay, well, wait, wait, you're going to work camp. Work camping is working in a campground, cleaning toilets or mowing grass or whatever they need done. His payments on those two vehicles alone was $1,800 a month. Ooh. And I said, before you buy food, before you buy insurance, before you buy fuel, $1,800 a month is $450 a week. No one's going to pay you that kind of money to mow grass and, and but, clean
3: yeah.
2: you've got to be realistic about your expectations. Right. And I you know, said, and I, we sat for over an hour and he was very mad when he left <laughs> um, because he really, he had no skills. I mean, he, he had worked in a factory someplace as a laborer, you know, putting, putting pieces together in a machine. And, um, you know, I said well, well what about this I and I tried to go over some ideas for him and his whole thing was he was going to work camping work camping doesn't pay that much money you know if you if you need to make money you're better off running space in a campground and going to town and getting a job for right, right. people have to be realistic in their, what they want
0: yeah. It's generally a lot of times you get paid some wages but not even always and then you get your site right, so exactly.
3: yeah yeah and so, so if you're not getting a, exactly. if you're not getting a wage in addition to your site then You've got nothing to buy food or pay your pay your loans off.
2: Yeah, right. It, it's a way. It's a way to to supplement your can You know, to reduce your camping costs and maybe supplement your income. But it's not a it's not an end all for anybody. It's
3: not income. Yeah.
0: No, no. There's that you have to look elsewhere for that. And and some people have done a really good job of figuring out ways to make money through whatever oh, internet.
2: Yeah, yes, definitely
0: but uh...
2: we we met one couple the first year we met them. They had a pickup camper and they actually started and after listening to one of my seminars, they started buying things on eBay and they got into buying pallet loads of clothing at from mm. like, let's say, okay, now we're going into the winter season. So all the summer clothes stores are getting rid of them. They don't want to warehouse them until next year because the fashion's are going to be different. Right. So they could buy pallets full of clothes from, from, out dealers from, uh, businesses. And then they had them shipped to their daughter's house. They worked with the daughter who was a stay at home mom. And, you know, they were buying nice pairs of, let's say jeans or capri pants for a dollar, dollar 25 a pair Wow. <laughs> retailed for 20 bucks a pair. So they would sell them for 10 or 12 and they would list them on eBay and the daughter would take pictures of them and they would list them on eBay and she would handle shipping and everything. And they split the money with them. Two years after we met him with a pickup camper, they were driving a new Mountaineer diesel pusher.
3: Oh, wow. Wow.
2: Being creative and and looking outside the traditional, what am I going to do? I'm going to work in a campground. There are ways to do it. There are many, many people we know who make a good living on the road. Terry and I made a very good living on the road between publishing the paper and the books and speaking at rallies and things like that. Uh, And there's lots of ways to do it. And as we said earlier, the new technology has made it even easier. So, don't think you have to be limited to just this. You know, look around and say, what can I do, or what can I learn to do? Yeah, and and put it to work for you.
0: And sometimes it's you see a need, and you're like, gosh, nobody's nobody's solving that pain point, nobody's fulfilling that need, and suddenly
2: find a a need and fill it.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's that's a another way you can you can really. Make some money.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're all limited by your imagination.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes right. you, you don't even need much. You just, as I said, you, you see some pain point and you go, well, I can solve that. That's easy.
2: Right. So. <laughs> the flip side of that coin is I see so many people that say, uh, okay, I saw three vendors selling waterless car wash at a rally, so I'm going to get into waterless car wash or whatever it is, whatever that product is. So they, they buy a bunch of stuff and they go to rallies and find out, yeah, there's three other guys selling the same thing. Yeah. And there's right, four hundred people at this rally, so how many of them are going to buy enough to make it worth your time?
0: Yeah, you may not yeah. even pay so, your rally fees
2: right, exactly, so that's you know I did a whole seminar or a whole um, blog series one time on you know so you want to be an r v rally vendor well, here's what you gotta look at, mm-hmm. and you know it's not just the cost of the vendor fee at the rally it's it's traveling to get to the rally it's it's the product it's all the you know all the overhead that people don't look at so yeah. yeah. Don't, don't just do what somebody else is doing because they seem to successful at it. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And sometimes it may just be an outward appearance. They may look successful, but when you right. look at their bank account, it tells a whole different story.
2: Whole different story. Exactly.
0: <laughs> this has been an absolute fountain of great information. And plus I have to admit, I'm just thrilled that we got to talk to you because yeah, we, we, we count ourselves as huge fans of, of your writing and, and of you. And, and so we, we appreciate you making the time to come and, and hang out with us here today.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate it and uh, I look forward to, to listening to the podcast when it comes out. And Sound- I'll be sure to plug it in my blog and on Facebook and all those places for you.
0: Well, we sincerely Fantastic. we sincerely appreciate that. And also we we know you uh you occasionally see John and Kathy Huggins, so we'd we'd appreciate your saying hi to them as well and
2: Yes. we will do that. They're, they're dear friends of us.
0: Yeah, they're they're the ones who said you you got to call Nick Russell. He'll he'll be happy to be on the podcast, and they were on our first episode.
3: Yeah, they were episode number one.
2: Yep. I'm standing. I've been on several of their podcasts over the years, and always enjoyed yeah. them. They're, they're wonderful people.
3: That that's that's actually how we got to know about you and heard about you and started reading and becoming fans of yours is through John and Kathy's podcast. Yep.
0: Yeah. It, you know, it started there. It's
3: unfortunate there.
2: that that when we were full time barbers, we would see them all the time, and now we live in the same state, opposite <laughs> sides of the state, and we. I don't think we should bought out here.
0: For years, well, it's time for both of you to get back out on the road, then, mm-hmm. so Sorry. you can see each other.
2: Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be making a, a road trip next, starting in the next couple of days. We're going to go up to the Midwest and researching a new another book series I want to do. So we're going to go up there and spend a week or so doing oh, some on the, the area.
0: Oh, we can't we can't wait to to see what that's going to be, and obviously uh-huh. we'll share it with our audience. Well, I appreciate that oh absolutely
2: thank you <laughs> happy
0: travels and we'll talk to you soon I hope
2: alright thank you
0: there you had it that's our uh, our talk with Nick so many great takeaways from that discussion um, yeah how much sure. money you can make on the road how, how to be realistic about being a full time RVer
1: places to go things to do yeah
0: things to do and also um, maybe full time RVing or even RVing is not for you
1: right that's right
0: I mean You know, you really have to be honest with yourself and how you like things. And, you know, that's one of the the reasons we like that RV share is you can test it out and see if it really works for you. That's right. Because not everybody can live in a mobile hallway.
1: Yeah, not everybody can.
0: I mentioned our partners page. I want to remind everybody that we do kind of twist arms of some companies and (laughs) such to... (laughs) To give you guys a deal i mean let's be honest and so we have a decent number of listeners and we tell people how many we have and they go well okay we'll offer them a deal and so uh, if you would like to get in on those deals our partners page has them and it's just there at stresslesscamping.com uh, you can see a link to our partners page and that's where the deals are don't neglect that especially if you're going to sign up for some of these services that we talk about we we like to offer you a deal on them well there we are another week of stressless camping we really appreciate your joining us on this fun journey you can always follow us on our website which is the gateway to all the various social media places that we have
1: Yep, our website is www.stresslesscamping.com
0: indeed it is
1: and from there you can get to facebook and instagram and
0: yeah even pinterest pinterest so uh those are those are our, our jumping off points and uh Another thing, uh, if you don't want to miss these episodes, whatever platform you're listening on, be that uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or or on and on Google Podcasts um, you can subscribe to Stressless Camping. Won't cost you a dime and that way you won't miss out on joining us here at the Campfire because we we really love having you along and uh, appreciate your being here and so subscribing will make sure you don't miss an episode it's always free uh, so that's what we have
1: and if you'd like you can even go in and make a review and and let people know how much you're enjoying us
0: yeah those reviews are like gold to us because it lets others know that uh, we're not just here at the campfire making a bunch of noise well we kind of are but you know what I mean <laughs> uh, so thank you for make those sure our reviews noise means something. Yeah, yeah hopefully we are providing value that's our goal is we want to provide you value and And hope you enjoy being here with us because we enjoy being here with you. So with that said, thank you very much again for joining us at the campfire and happy happy camping. camping. We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey. Don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app and visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar and more. I'm Stressless Camper Larry Richardson wishing you... Happy camping.